The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, member of the Wells, on August 10th, 2014, based on Matthew 13, selected verses. They stand for the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Gospel is recorded in Matthew chapter 13, beginning with the 24th verse. Jesus tells the parable of the wheat and the weeds, and then explains it. These words will also serve as the sermon text. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burnt. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. And the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burnt up in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let him hear. This is the word of our Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and, Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God through which Jesus himself speaks to us here today is the gospel that you heard read a few moments ago, the parable of the weeds and the wheat recorded in Matthew chapter 13. This time, please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. O Lord, how long will you look on? King David called out those words in Psalm 35. O Lord, how long will you look on? Rescue me from their ravages. And he may well have prayed these words during that time in his life when he was on the run from King Saul. What had David done wrong? That he was hunted by the king like an animal, hiding in caves. 
Well, David had done nothing wrong. The reason King Saul was hunting him was because the Lord had promised that David would be the next king. And just think about that for a moment. David was suffering those troubles because of the Lord's promise to make him king. We too call out, How long, O Lord? How long? We pray those words not only when we share in the sufferings, pains, sicknesses, and troubles that can strike out at anyone. We especially pray those words, dear Christians, when we suffer the afflictions and hardships that come because of God's word and his promises. In this world, in this world we grow up in the same field as the unbelievers, the unbelievers who do not accept God's word and refuse to believe his promises, and they want to choke out all who do believe. In this world, we grow up right next to those unbelievers, like the wheat growing up among the weeds in Jesus' parable here. Take heart, dear Christian. Even though that will last as long as we are alive here on this earth, even though we will be among the weeds, take heart and patiently endure. For the harvest is coming. Yes, dear friends, wait for the harvest. That's the theme here this morning. Wait for the harvest. Wait for it because... God knows how to take care of his field. That will be part one here. And then when the harvest does come, the weeds will burn. That's part two. And the wheat will shine. Part three. God knows how to take care of his field. Throughout this world, wherever the gospel of Jesus is being proclaimed, There, Jesus himself is ruling in the hearts of his believers. For you see, the world, the world is his field. And wherever he plants, there, in that place, sons and daughters of the kingdom grow. Jesus explained it this way. The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. That's Jesus. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. Wherever that seed is sown, Jesus is actively at work, reigning in the hearts of those who believe. But there is another one who is also actively at work, wherever that seed is being planted, wherever the sons and daughters of the kingdom are growing, there's another one actively at work, and Jesus brings that out in the picture of the parable when he says, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. Now, according to our way of thinking, we'd want those weeds pulled out right away. Why let them grow among the wheat and and In our way of thinking, in our way of planning, it would seem best to get rid of them. But God knows what he's doing, and 
Even though the servants in the parable see, think the same way we do, God knows better. Listen to what he says, or the servants first of all ask, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Yes, God knows what he is doing. He knows how to take care of his field, even though it does not jive with our way of thinking. And he gives a short explanation of why he does it the way he does. He says, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Notice his concern and care for each blade of wheat. He doesn't want any of that wheat to be lost. And so the weeds and the wheat grow up together in the field. And God still, nevertheless, accomplishes his good and saving purpose. He carries out his wonderful will despite the weeds growing there. And we see that from examples in the Bible that go beyond what the parable can picture. For example, think of the early church when it was still so small and weak and there was this ambitious man that was hunting down the Christians and then lobbying for their execution. Wouldn't we have pulled him out as a noxious weed? But God knows what he's doing. Jesus changed that man into the Apostle Paul. And think about our own lives. We all began life as unbelievers, but our good and merciful God did not pull us out back then. Rather, he changed us. God knows what he is doing. And even when that wheat, or when that weed remains a weed and doesn't, Change Even when that weed stays an unbeliever, God still will accomplish his good and saving purpose. For example, think of Pharaoh in Egypt who oppressed God's people and refused to let them go with Moses. God used Pharaoh's hardness to display his great saving power and mercy as he delivered his people and rescued them from slavery. Or, or think of the wickedness of Caiaphas, Judas Iscariot, and Pontius Pilate. Despite their wicked motives, God used it to accomplish the great plan of salvation, namely the forgiveness of your sins through the death of his son to bring eternal life to all who believe in our risen Savior. Yes, God knows what he is doing. And so, dear friends, when you are going through those times that make it feel so difficult in being a Christian, whenever you face ridicule for your faith or criticism for doing what is right in God's sight, when you feel the pressure of the unbelievers around you trying to choke out your faith. And you even might begin to wonder whether it's worth following Jesus as those weeds grow up and seem to prosper around you. Have confidence. Have confidence that God knows what he is doing. Yes, we looked at a couple examples, and there are many more in Bible history and church history and those are just the ones that we can figure out with our own limited human knowledge and reasoning. So many more times God has done this and worked it out in ways beyond our recognition. 
and so also in our own lives. Often as we go through these times of troubles and difficulties, we can't see what God's plan is. And even in hindsight, so often we can't understand God's ways. But believe, dear friend, believe that God knows what he is doing. Even though the weeds grow up all around us, God knows what he is doing. Patiently endure with that confidence that God is taking care of his field. Patiently endure. For often we see and feel during these times of troubles that they're going to last forever. But patiently endure because you know the end is coming. Wait for the harvest. Wait for the harvest, for when that harvest comes, God will certainly get rid of the weeds. And that brings us to the second part here, the weeds will burn. Jesus says here, the harvest is the end of the age. As the weeds are pulled up and burnt in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yes, dear friends, hell is for real. Notice that this is in the part where Jesus explains the parable. It's not just some picture Hell is for real. It is a place of unimaginable anguish, suffering, pain, loss, hopelessness, and horror. And that day will come when the harvest is brought in and the weeds are burned. This world will end and there will be no escape. As Jesus said here, all who do evil will feel the fiery flames forever. The weeds will burn. And as Jesus concludes here by saying, and he who has ears, let him hear, he calls out to each one of us to examine our own heart. And as I look at my heart, I see much that is evil there, much that is sinful, so that even the good that I want to do is corrupted by that evil. We we talked about that a few weeks ago when we looked at Romans 7. The good that I want to do, I do not. And the evil I don't want to do, that I keep on doing. Even the best that I do is stained by the evil that still lives within me in my sinful nature. And so why wouldn't I too be included among all who do evil since even my best does not measure up to God? Why wouldn't I too be burnt among the weeds? Yes, I could try to argue my case and say, well, I tried hard. I did my best and it it turned out a lot better than a lot of those other people. But that's like trying to cover my evil heart with a fig leaf. My attempted goodness is all failure. And if I'm going to argue my own attempted goodness then I will end up with the weeds in the fires of hell. But Jesus is my righteousness. He covers me. And his righteousness has no evil, 
has no fault at all. His righteousness alone stands up in God's courtroom. And the great good news of the Gospels says that God freely credits even someone like me with that righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. God credits the guilty, the unrighteous, the godless, the sinner. He credits us guilty sinners, you and me, with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. As you stand in God's courtroom, as you stand before him each day, don't plead your own attempts to do what is right. Plead only Jesus and his righteousness. For our attempts to do what is right are failures. Give up on your attempts or give up on trying to make yourself right before God by your attempts to do what's good. Each day give up on your making yourself right with God and instead stand before him with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. For faith in Jesus clothes us with his righteousness so that God counts you and me as wheat. For God has declared us righteous in Christ Jesus. And notice what Jesus says about the wheat at the end of the parable, what he says about those whom God has declared righteous. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father, And this brings us to the final part here. The wheat will shine. They will shine in the kingdom of their father. And that last phrase there reminds us of what Jesus said a little bit earlier when he explained the good seed, the wheat, that they are sons of the kingdom. Now some translate here, instead of sons of the kingdom, people of the kingdom, to make it clear that females are not excluded, The Greek word the Holy Spirit gave Matthew to write was the word for son to emphasize our status in God's kingdom. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are not counted simply as tradesmen or peasants in God's kingdom, but as sons and daughters of the king. We are heirs. We reign with Christ. We have been recreated in the image of our heavenly father, and we look forward to our real home, our heavenly home, our father's house. We are sons and daughters of the kingdom through faith in Jesus Christ. That's what it means that we are wheat, that we are believers in Jesus. And even though that royalty is hidden as we grow up in this world among the weeds, yet that royalty will shine out at the harvest. And then all will see that through Jesus Christ, we are truly sons and daughters of the King, heirs of eternal life, recreated in the image of our Father, reigning with our Savior Jesus Christ forever and ever. The wheat will shine. Now in the parable itself, Jesus referred to the wheat being brought into the barn, the place of safety and security. 
And heaven is certainly that for us too, isn't it? A place of eternal safety and security. And that's a good thought to keep in mind when we go through times where we feel so insecure in this world. But notice that when Jesus explains the parable, he he doesn't mention the barn. Rather, he breaks out of the imagery of the parable and says that the wheat will shine. That's not what wheat does, does it? Ordinary wheat does not shine. Does not shine like the sun. But you see, heaven is no ordinary place. It is so far beyond our ability to imagine or comprehend that that the Bible uses pictures to try to bring home to us a little bit of the sense of the the glory and the greatness of heaven. And and so it's, it's much more than a barn, much more than a place of safety and security. It is a place where even wheat shines, where we who in this earth are our creatures and sinners, we will shine, shine with the glory of God. Heaven is not just a spectator place where we watch God and Jesus in their glory, but we too will shine with that glory. The last hymn today will help us picture a little bit of that imagery of heaven where we will shine like the sun. And if we will shine like the sun in heaven, how much more so don't we want to shine also in this dark world to bring light? So dear friends, fellow wheat in Jesus' field, shine. Shine by sending your roots deep down into God's word. For as God's love for us fills our hearts, our love for him wants to learn and, and more and more about him as we hear and learn his word. Send your roots like healthy wheat deep down into his word. And then also shine out into your life. Shine out with those deeds of love and kindness towards others. Shine out with the forgiveness that comes from Jesus Christ. Shine out with the good news of salvation that only the gospel reveals. For as we live our lives for our Savior, doing good to others, those are the fruits that the wheat bears in this world. The fruits of faith that shine out. Yes, dear friends, shine out as you wait for the harvest. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.